Hello, and welcome to the Agios Tips. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today's date is May 13th, and we commemorate St. Glycyria. If you remember back to the first week of this podcast, you'll remember the story of St. Elizabeth of Constantinople. It was through the intercession of St. Glycyria that Elizabeth's mother conceived, and you'll remember the story of her parents' uh, veneration and their devotion to the saint. Also, near the end of the life of St. Elizabeth, she had a mystical vision of Glycyria, telling her that her time on earth would soon be over. So who was the saint who worked so dramatically and personally in these people's lives? Glycyria lived in the second century during the reign of Roman Emperor Antonius Pius. Antonius gained a particular reputation as being kind to the Christians of his time. This was seen in the writings of not only Gibbons, but also of Melito of Sardis. Bishop Melito, in a letter to Marcus Aurelius, Antonius' successor, he cites letters Antonius had sent among the Greek peoples requesting that violent uprisings against Christians uh, would not be taken. However, Antonius was still devout to the Roman pagan religion. We still see that courts ruled against the apparent atheism of the Christian believers towards the Roman pantheon. This is evidenced in the martyrdom of Bishop Polycarp in 1056 AD. Glycyria was the daughter of a Roman senator. However, upon his death, she was orphaned and penniless. She moved to Trajanopolis, and Glycyria found a family in the Christian community there, became very pious herself, and she would visit churches and pray in them daily. However, there came a time when the Roman Emperor Antonia sent out an imperial edict, demanding that all Christians pay homage to the gods of the state. This edict was promulgated locally through the prefect Sabinius. Sorry, Sabinus. He orchestrated a day in which Glycyria and Christians like her were to sacrifice to Zeus. Glycyria did not disobey the order to attend the temple. However, with courage in her heart and a cross marked on her forehead, she made her way to Zeus. She arrived, knelt down, and prayed the following. O God the Almighty, who was glorified with the cross of Christ, your servant. Thunder was heard, and the statue came tumbling down into pieces. Sabinus and the temple priests, furious with Glycyria, took stones and began hurling them at her. And one by one, each stone missed her. The prefect then had her thrown into prison with the intent to torture her the following day. The next morning, those who were learned in the practice of torture came to her cell. But it was at that moment that one of God's angels appeared to everyone. Fear gripped the hearts of the pagans. Barely able to speak from the miracle, Sabinus had her thrown back into the cell with the intent to merely starve her to death. No one was able to enter or leave without the authority of the prefect. Several days later, he had returned to find Glycyria, but without so much of a grumbling stomach. For those days... Angels had tended to her, bringing Glycyria food and drink. From Trajanopolis, Sabinus had Glycyria moved to Heraclea, with the intent to intensify her tortures. Once there, he had Glycyria placed in an oven. What would typically roast a person to a pile of ash took no effect with Glycyria. Upon entering the oven, the heat was mystically extinguished. 
However, Stabinus did not give up in his evil and had Glyceria stripped from her skin head to toe. Afterwards, she was placed back in her prison cell. That evening, an angel again appeared to her and with the power of God restored the skin that was ripped from her body. A jailer by the name of Lodicius, Lodicus, apologies if this is your name and I'm mispronouncing it horribly, a jailer by the name of Lodicius came to Glyceria the following morning. He was shocked, for he did not see any glory hacksaw displayed, but a perfectly fine young woman. It was his belief that Glyceria must have escaped, and uh, this meant that he would be in trouble. What would happen when the prefect found that it was his responsibility that this prisoner escaped, one which was causing the prefect so much trouble? Lodicius decided it was better to take his own life. However, before he got a chance to just self-destruct, Glyceria announced that no, it was in fact her who was in the cell and that it was a miracle for her unperturbed appearance. Follow Christ and you will be saved, said Glyceria. At that moment, Lodicius amended his life, turned from paganism, and lived for Christ and placed himself in the same change Glyceria was wearing. The trial that he had been planning to bring Glyceria to suddenly became his own trial. He attested to the angelic healing of Glyceria in front of the court and to the lordship of Christ. He was then decapitated. Sabinus decided that Glyceria would finally be eaten by lions. A lion was released, yet it walked up slowly to Glyceria as a tame dog and laid down before her. Glyceria's name means sweetness, and very sweetly she prayed to God to take her to him. Heaven responded with its welcome. At that moment, a second lion was released, and it leapt upon Glyceria, killing her. The church of St. Glyceria housed a relic of the saint, her head. It was placed in a decorative bowl and was adorned with the following inscription. This lovely stone enclosed like a shrine the divine head of the miracle-working martyr Glyceria. From it flows a steady stream of miracles that gives strength to the suffering. May everyone approach this holy heart with faith, and quickly you will see your wishes fulfilled. Like a fountain of bubbling life, you will all experience her mercy. This has been your Daily Dose of Agios. Thank you very much for listening. Have a nice day.